0: That fun. That fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun, a very special Mother's Day episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. And I would encourage you to listen, ladies, Jits, you are always welcome here, of course. But to my female friends, listen, no matter where you are in your life, whether you're a mom or a grandmother, whether you're pregnant, trying to get pregnant, whether you don't know if you'll ever have kids or don't know if you ever want kids, and every other option in between, I hope you will listen to this show today. It came together in a really special way, and it has profoundly changed my thinking on mothering and on what Mother's Day means to me. And friends, please, please, please stick around till the very end. We have got a gift, a surprise, a absolute treasure recorded. That is the last thing you hear on this episode. So don't leave early. Stick around to the very end. We've got two conversations for you today with two very different mothers, and I love them each so much. First up is my friend Jada Edwards. She's an experienced author, speaker, Bible teacher, and mentor. She has committed her life to equipping women of all ages. You will hear this, regardless of marital status or parental status, but she equips us with practical biblical truth to live more genuine lives. Jada currently serves as the creative services director for One Community Church, where she seeks to serve the evolving communities of Collin County, Texas, through creative expression and cultural relevance. Y'all, Jada is incredible, and I cannot wait for y'all to hear her thoughts on mothering. All right, Jada Edwards, let's go. Any Welcome to That Sounds Fun. Let's do this.
1: <laughs> you need, like, audience claps with I, that title. <laughs> if you say, That Sounds Fun, it should be like, That's what amazing.
0: I need. You're right. Game show. Let me call some you people. You need, like,
1: game show music. Yeah. Listen,
0: I am going to tell you, you know, I'm going on tour in June. We're coming your way, by the way. We're coming to Dallas. I'm going on tour in June. And we've just uh, cha- made a new walkout song. And it has a rap in it. And it is is—it is so good. I mean, we are all dying about it. So that music's coming. Everybody's going to hear it soon.
1: Yes, girl. You need some walk ass songs.
0: Jada, I know most of our friends are already friends with you through If Gathering, through your own teaching, other places like that. But can you just do a flyover of who you are, where you serve, and your family?
1: So, I current my primary role probably, well, of course, to sound super godly, my first role is a a daughter of Christ, (laughs) and then then I'm a wife, and then I'm a mother. Uh Uh, So, I have two little ones, eight and four. Uh, My husband and I are leading a church that we planted about 15 years ago called One Community Church in Frisco, primarily with a couple of locations around the area. And so with church life, um, my main thing there is teaching. I teach at least twice a month, sometimes more to our women. We kind of walk through women's Bible study. I love plain old exegetical teaching. And uh, then I do some weekend teaching and then I oversee our creative ministry, which is like worship band, dance, drama, all kind of stuff. So I oversee tr- creative stuff at our church as well. And then, you know, whatever comes with being. Sister,
0: that is a lot of things you do. It's a lot of things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had it's no idea. Yeah. But that whole, like, my friends, my close friends are always like, when are you stopping something, you know? And I really have always felt like God needs me stretched to my, like even right beyond my capacity because it keeps me dependent. And it keeps me (laughs) from doing stupid things I probably don't need to be doing because I really just don't have the time to do it. I need to be, I need to be busy, you know? I need, I need, I need it. So, and I don't mean in an unhealthy way, you know, but I like it. Do you know, I feel
0: more on purpose when I'm going. I do have a day of rest, but I mean, there is something that really makes me go, man, you are living. For me, I feel like I am alive when I've got a thing and then a thing and then a thing.
1: Yep. I love it. And I think I I've become comfortable with how God directs purpose for people. Some people are very singularly focused and they've got one or two things that they are going to grind. They're going to they're going to Billy Graham it. They're going to Michael Jordan it, and Uh like kill that thing for their life. And I'm not wired that way. Um, A, I get bored easily. I'm distracted. And so I think for me to get to lead a dance team and a drum team and a choir team and band and vocals. I used to lead worship at our church. I kind of got out of that around the pandemic just about a year ago and then be studying to teach and help my husband do leadership. Like I like all that. And so I've become okay with the fact that mine probably won't ever be this one thing that hits the ceiling. It'll just, God use my influence differently. And so I'm just okay with it. I'm never going to have, I'm not going to have 50 Bible studies because I don't have that much time. I love teaching the Bible. I'm not going to have 50 Bible studies because I do 20 other things. And so that's okay.
0: <laughs> How do we give ourselves that kind of freedom to, to be the, I have two things I do really well and I do hit the ceiling on those, or I have 20 things that I'm decent at, but in all 20 of those, I'm moving the world forward versus in two of them moving the world forward. How do we become okay with that in our own lives?
1: Man, I think looking and seeing God's hand and God's, the the pathways that God is making, the affirmation God is giving. So so for me, you know, I'm an average singer, but God in his grace, I was our worship leader for like 10 years, you know? And when we started opening campuses, I mean, it really was the grace of God. And so now, but but I have a heart for worship. I love it. I love creating worship experiences, for example. And so for me, every time, uh, my my worship leaders now that, that lead at our campuses, they're fabulous singers, but they still need my wisdom and my leadership, and my coaching, and my mentoring. I help them. We still come up with songs together. How to, the details of all that stuff? Right. So I'm not in it, but I'm helping to guide it. So when the day comes where they're like, I don't need to ask Jada, I got this. And I don't I don't mean it like they can handle it from a leadership standpoint, like you want to develop them so they can go out. But when the day comes where I'm like, oh, I don't I don't need to add value here anymore. You're good. Then I'll be like, OK, I'm good. But every day I'm talking to my dance lead, my choir lead, my children's worship, student work. We're in the middle of student worship now, redoing that. And so if God keeps giving me spaces to add value, OK, not stroke my ego not make myself like he's like, no, you need to speak into this. And when when my 19 year old students and my 14 year old students still want my input on worship, um, I'm like, okay, this is where we are. And so, you know, there's whole seasons where I'm two, three months in because I'm doing forward thinking worship planning for our whole church. I don't have time to write. Somebody else can crank out a Bible study in that time. And I'm like, I can't. I'm not I'm not teaching right now. Right now we're doing, like right now, my summer list is organizational restructuring. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We're fixing volunteer onboarding. We're doing volunteer onboarding. We're trying to create consistent standards. I mean, we got organizational stuff to do that I love as much as teaching. And so I'll teach for a semester, take off a couple months. You know, So I think saying God will constantly show you that, hey, I am using you to add value in this space. And at the end of the day, if this is my bucket, my life purpose bucket, right? Like visualize this bucket. Some people's bucket gets filled with one flavor and that's fine because when you get to the Lord, he just wants to know, is your bucket full? Did you do what I asked? Mine is going to be all crazy. Like that suicide drink you used to make when you were little, with a little bit of orange, a little bit of root beer, a little bit (laughs) of whatever. And it's going to have 20 flavors and it might not look as pretty, but still going to be full. It's still going to be the thing he asked me to do, but the way I got there might not be, you know, 10 Grammys because I was a killer artist. It might just be that had a good conversation with a person who sings. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think you just have to be okay knowing that we fill those purpose buckets differently.
0: That is a beautiful image that helps me understand so clearly. Like, just fill your bucket. Whether it's one drink or whether it's 12, just fill your bucket. Just get, when you get to the Lord, just say, I did everything I could to fill my bucket of purpose.
1: I did the stuff you asked me to do. Wow. Yep. So it's it kind of set me free. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it set like, me you know free what?
0: sitting here. I mean, really? Yes. Going like, because I feel some of the shame that I'm not the best at one thing. Yeah. And so you're telling me like, just be the best at filling
1: your own bucket. Filling your bucket. And if God's giving you 12 things to do, who cares if you not two of them out of the park? There's 10 untouched. Because you were trying to pass everybody else in the two and you did, but you left those 10 things undone. And he's like, listen, you may not be ranked number one in all 12, but, but my number one is what counts. Okay. You're doing what I asked you to do. And maybe you're an influencer or a coach or a mentor, or maybe I'm asking you to disciple, do some things that, that might not be trackable, measurable, you know? So it's just, it's a weird thing when you're really led by the Lord, because it'll be okay to say, I got like these 15 flavors in my bucket and You know, none of them ever won any prizes, but this is what the Lord asked me to do. Yeah.
0: And then, so then it also turns me toward mothering of like, maybe to some degree, that's true about mothering too, that the Lord's like, I'm giving you a mothering bucket. Well, first, can we establish, is it true that every woman is meant to mother or no?
1: Uh, I will say yes. And then I'm going to say, because it depends on how you define mothering. Yes. Meant to give birth, meant to raise children. That's very specific. But meant to nurture, meant to guide, meant to influence, meant to disciple, absolutely. Absolutely, and as a matter of fact, my husband and I started our family late. We had been married almost thirteen years. All wow. my friends had kids, you know, in middle school. By the time we figured out, like we we are currently the gray-headed people taking our kids to kindergarten, and so <laughs> um, you know we're just those people. It's fine, uh, <laughs> but I had to deal with that, deal with that. And I remember a long season where every year I was like, Lord, why is this not happening? What's what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, number one. The church was our baby. We planted a church. Oh, hello. And the things that God did in our church or in our work together, we could not have done with kids. I look back on that time now, and those seven intense years of living and breathing our church, I knew what God was doing. But secondly, I remember specifically just like, God, I want, I want to have kids, would want to be a mom, blah, blah, blah. blah. And um, the Lord was like, no, let me tell you what you really want. This is what you want. You want to be able to shape lives and influence and nurture and connect, because that's what I've called you to do. And be, both my kids are adopted.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. They're both adopted.
1: They're both adopted. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so before we started that process, I had to really wrestle with what I wanted versus what how God wired me, right? What I really wanted was maternity photos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I really got to the heart of it. I really wanted, you know, baby showers and other. And God was like, yeah, all that stuff's cool, but that's not for me. That's extra stuff. What I wired you for as a woman is to nurture, mentor, influence, shape a life. And Jada, by the way, if I never bless you with kids, let me show you how you're doing that. He started listing the women that I had been discipling. Remember that conversation? Remember when she did, And I mean, I'm weeping in my car. And it was like a bittersweet moment because the Lord was telling me, number one, what you need, I'm already giving to you. And it doesn't have anything to do with children. And um, And then number two, I felt sad because I was like, is this a setup because you're not going to give me kids. <laughs> like I felt yep. content, but then I was like, wait wait a minute, Lord, are you trying to make me content?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're about to say yeah. no.
1: And it was about a month after that, that we had started our process, you know, for adoption. But man, I praise God for that moment all the time because my kids would have been my idols. Girl, they would have been my God had God not set me free and reminded me that if they never came, I was mothering. I was influencing. I'm, I was doing the thing that he knew I needed, not what my mouth said I wanted. He's like, "No, no, I know what your need, what your heart needs, because that's how I made you, and you're already doing it. Let me show you these things." And I, re- that piece had to wash over me, and I thank the Lord for it all the time because my kids, you know, I can discipline them, put them on the porch, and be like, "You know what? You are not my god.
0: You're my son. You <laughs> are not my porch, god. Y'all.
1: Don't don't call social services." But seriously. <laughs> Because the space I was in before the Lord brought me to that reflection moment, I think was not healthy. And a lot of people go into that, whether it's marriage or career or kids, and then that thing becomes the thing because you're you're not convinced that life is good and God is good and all that stuff without it. And so I needed it. And I hold my kids. I love them dearly, obviously. I mean, I love them dearly. But there is a, I believe that the Lord has graced me with a healthy detachment and listen, I've sat next to moms who had to bury their kids, right? So you can't just be like, oh, now that I have it, I'm good. No, 20-year-olds die. 15-year-olds die. Kids get sick. Stuff happens. And so if if you're thinking that I'm praying for this blessing, God's going to give me the husband, give me this, and then I'm good. Well, you're only saying that assuming that every day after that is going to go as you planned.
0: That's right. You're going to get it, and you're going to grip it so hard because you can't lose it because it's your God
1: it's your thing. So what happens? Yes. Okay. God gives you a husband. Then he gets sick. Then he gets paralyzed. Then y'all lose all your money. Okay. So that's not what you wanted. You want the husband with the perfect. Right. And so that healthy detachment is so important because God's like, even if I give it to you, it's still not going to meet all the stuff that's in your heart. And so that, that was a whole process for me that really freed me up to not, make my kids my idol, to redefine mothering, and to continue to go hard in mothering my church, right? Because I didn't see my kids as the replacement. I saw them as supplemental to who God's called me to be. So I can still make time and I still disciple women. I didn't have to give that up because I'm like, oh, now I got my kids. They They were not an upgrade. They were just something God added. And without them, I still had a mothering role. Do you know what I'm saying? So it was just this shift a big shift that he made in my heart even before my kids came along
0: it feels like you're telling us the same story about a bucket (laughs) right that (laughs) it is if we're defining mothering the way you and I believe to define mothering then then every woman has a mothering bucket absolutely whether you raise children in your home or not Uh there's a mothering bucket and God's going I'm going to give you 12 ways or I'm going to give you two ways to Uh fill that bucket in your life
1: yep you may, you may birth kids, you may adopt, you may never adopt or birth. You may be like some of my friends who have changed so many foster kids' lives just with a few months or a few weeks of love. Uh, I got friends who as aunts and sisters and godmothers, they are coming to the rescue of their family, of their nieces and nephews. And, you know, and we got women in our children's ministry at our church who don't have kids and like they're some of our best teachers, you know, right. <laughs> educators, like there's a million and one ways that. God is like, I need who you are as a woman and a nurturer and connector and all these things. And man, your bucket may have biological kids, may not have any kids. It may have all women your age because you've been a crazy disciple your whole life. You know, it's just so many ways to do that. And so you're right. It's, it's a bucket that can be filled a lot of different ways.
0: And that's so freeing because on the days where it can be really disheartening that you're not mothering the way you thought you were going to mother, you go, well, what? Is, how am I filling my bucket? oh, look at this and look at this and my Instagram followers and my nieces and nephews and my friends and my, you know, it just is look back at your bucket.
1: And it's not going to be perfect, but I'm working toward it, you know. And when you do that, no one thing defines your success. You know, if my kids grow oh, up good. Heaven, heaven, heaven forbid my kids leave the faith or my son makes a bad decision or my daughter makes a bad decision or some woman I've discipled and then that's not defining me. Right. I poured into you the best that I could so I could be obedient to my bucket that God's given me. I am not then connected. My value and God's affirmation is not connected to your decisions that you make. Right. So I'm only responsible for what he's asked me to do. And then even that has a healthy detachment, you know, because then people get crazy when their kids don't turn out some certain way. They go crazy. And I'm like, well, they're whole people. You did your part. (laughs) Then after that, they got to decide what they want to do, you know? So, yeah, it's just a whole lot of health, I think, to keep in, to knowing, like, here's where I feel what God's asked me to pour into. And then after I've done my pouring, I pray and give it to the Lord. I'm not responsible for, like, these people for the whole rest of their lives. How
0: do we, for our friends listening that they might say, okay, if I have a mothering bucket, but I, I don't know that I'm mothering anybody. I don't know that I'm mothering anywhere. How do we identify where we are doing that or where we could be doing that? Like, how do we find the right places for us to nurture and guide and lead as women?
1: Well, I think that requires some observation and some prayer, you know, because I think the thing that God calls you to, He always makes space for. So, I mean, even whether you're male or female, we're all called to the Great Commission, right? We all have some basic Christian call on our life. Titus shows us what women, older women pouring into younger women. And he wasn't just talking about Kids and he was just like there is a this sharpening this iron iron right this substance that God talks about whether it's discipleship or or mentoring or whatever and so if if it's what God's called us to then He's going to make provision for it so I think it usually requires some observation where there might be some people in your life that you just haven't thought about in that way because sometimes they're people who are your age sometimes there're people who are older than you I've had women older than me come and say to me I've never heard scripture that way or I've hear I hear you talk about I've been married 30 years but we've been stumbling I don't I wouldn't say I have 30 years of wisdom so that they'll come and ask me what are your thoughts and in that moment it's very much a mothering moment okay not because of not because I'm smarter but God has graced me with some different marital experiences that are different than hers right and so it just happens in so many ways you know so I think be observing who's already in your life, where where are you already influencing and being prayerful about how we can be intentional and and mindful of that. You know, whether there's discipleship, mentoring uh, or just intentional nurturing. You know, sometimes I mother my friends, we mother each other because we're all kind of uh, most of my friends are pretty driven, kind of go getter girls. And none of us are real good cheerleader back. Patterns. None of us are like, oh, you're so great. You're so amazing. We're like, kill it, girl. I see you. Boom. Next. You know, But sometimes we all get convicted to make the other one slow down, even things we wouldn't do for ourselves. Like tonight, I called my friends. I was like, hey, my kids are going to my parents' house. I have two friends. They're not married, no kids. I said, my kids go to my parents' house. Let's go to dinner tonight. They're like, yes, we need a girls' night, right? I mean, I need it too, but that's part of how we nurture each other, right? Because it, we don't do a good job at stopping, and so to me, even in those moments, God is like, "I'm using you. I want you to be the connector tonight." You know, that's that's part of mothering to me. Two
0: of my friends and I, we call it being angel advocates versus the devil's advocate. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Where it's like, let yes. me be an angel advocate here and tell me, we'll, yeah. tell you what I think you should be doing right, different than right. what you're doing, versus here's the thing you shouldn't be doing, and I'm going to encourage it. So to me, it, what you're also saying is is we get to, and this is for men and women, but we get to mother or father each other. We get to mother each other Absolutely. for the rest of our lives because we get to help nurture and guide even our own peers.
1: Absolutely. You know, uh, a couple of months ago, our COVID hit our house crazy. You know, we're busy with church and trying to figure out how to navigate that and all that. And it was just annoying. We were very blessed. That it wasn't anything serious, no hospitalization or anything like that. But then we were just annoyed that we couldn't do stuff because we're, like, busy. And the Lord was like, sit down. You're in quarantine. And so then my friends, <laughs> one one friend in particular, she sends—I mean, literally, I come in the mail. And I'm going to tell on her because uh. I don't know if she'll ever hear this podcast. But you know Priscilla Shire. yeah She's one of my— <laughs> <laughs> Best friends. Please tell on for sure. She's so funny because she's not a cookies and apron bake. I mean, she's a go-getter, right? Yeah. Yep. But she's a nurturer. She's like an undercover nurturer. <laughs> so she I come home one day and there's this big box. And it's like some company that she found that sends you like homemade soup and and rolls and cookies and all this because she knew that you know we were home. And we had been talking, and she didn't tell me she was doing it. And I literally cried because to me that was a mothering moment. She was like, You're not gonna do this for yourself. You need to slow down. I need you to know I'm thinking about you while you're sick, you know? And it was just, I told I was like, I'm about to go put on my fuzzy socks and my robe and <laughs> have this soup after my kids go to bed. Y'all can't have nothing. It's just for me. Yes. <laughs> but it was a moment and we try to do that for each other, right? As our with friends and when they need that extra something. That to me is very much mothering. That is saying I'm I'm caring for you. You know, that's something a mother would do, even though we're the same age. You know, so I think there's a lot of ways that we can nurture um, one another and and provide connection and something that's more than just girl time. You know, something that really pours into each other in a way that almost feels parental sometimes. In that moment, that's how I felt. I felt cared for, even though she's my peer. I felt like. Oh. And when she asked me every time we talked, I was like, "I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine." You know, and she's like, "Okay." <laughs> you know. Hold
0: on, answer the door. <laughs>
1: right. But yeah, that's exactly and we do that for each other sometimes. Yeah. And so I think that's super important in friendships.
0: Jada, tell me about mothering a church and what that is like cuz I think a lot of a lot of our friends listening have a lot of opinions about where women lead in the church. And so what does it look like to mother a church?
1: That's a really interesting question. And the funny thing is, I never would have considered myself like a mother of the church, but um definitely that role is there. I think so. I think it starts with a couple of things as a framework. Number one, the vision and culture of that church. You can't try to be like left when your church is this way, right? So you don't you don't go into a, a colonial beautiful two-story home and start sticking modern art everywhere. You just like, you got to go with what the frame of the the house is. And so um, that's just the spirit of the Lord. You don't rebel against authority, you don't all that kind of stuff. But number two, then you have to go within your own framework. How are you wired, right? You you can't try to be something that you're not. So for me, in our context, with my husband being our lead pastor and us starting church together, uh, our church really... It has a framework that says women very much are gifted as leaders and they're influencers and teachers and things like that. I'm I'm a regular teacher. I'm also not a super. Um, I'm thinking about disc t- personalities. Like I'm not the s sweet, loyal, compliant that kind of person. That's my mother, and God bless her. Um, but I'm not that way. And so I think for a minute I wrestled with what that even looked like. Um, but. If we're going back to the core of nurturing and connecting and influencing all that, then you do that within the framework of the church and the framework of the way God wired you. And you might be the mover-shaker connector, like the event, social media, boom, boom, boom. You get everybody talking. You start chats and groups, blah, blah, You may be the counseling kind of connector. like You just love meeting with people one-on-one, and you want to hear them unfold their whole life story. And we need those people, because I ain't one of those people. I'm like, you can give me your story in three bullets. What is it? What happened? And then when they tell me, I'm, I'm like, oh, well, that's right there that you're doing is sin. Stop doing that. Care- oh, I love next. you so much. Yes.
0: Yes. Tell me three bullets and I'll tell you if you're sending. <laughs> yeah.
1: And they're like, well, because when I was six, I'm like, mm-mm. No, no. What'd you do today? What happened <laughs> this week? What are we talking about? And that's why I know I'm not called to counsel. Right. right and so we right. it's a running joke at our church. People call that they don't know me and they'll call. and They're like, oh, I want to meet with Jada. And it's so funny because our our admin team, our staff, they're all thinking, no, no you don't, actually, <laughs> um, because seriously, without relationship context, you're going to leave the church. I'm going to be like, stop sinning. OK, next. What else you right. Got? So that mothering is real. But it it takes shape different ways. Right. I know women who wrestle because they are in particular environments where pastors really want to keep women in a certain area. They want you to do children's. They want you to do youth. They do whatever. Man, if the Lord is not calling you to leave that house and the Lord's calling you to be there and be submitted, you better kill it. You better knock it out of the box with them kids and those students, you know, and, and find some young women that you can disciple organically you know everything's not going to be some ministry that launches with a charter and a paper and all. some stuff you just do out of obedience and you got to stay within the the authority of the house and if you think it's not healthy leave but don't stay there and rebel don't stay there and start a women's coup you don't start a women's movement <laughs> if, if that's not the spirit of your church because now you're in sin and god will never or he is never going to bless what you're doing out of rebellion even if the thing in itself could have been good and then you look at how you're wired. Look at how you're wired, man. And if you're a small group girl, man, if you're a you're the girl that remembers birthdays, do it, do it. People need that because if they're on my team, I need somebody. I got somebody on my team that helps me remember birthdays. Same, me too. I'm gonna text you. I, I'm gonna be like, hey, did you get that thing done? And then, then someone in my admin will text me, like, you know, it's so-and-so's birthday. I'm like, oh, and happy birthday. <laughs> but also.
0: <laughs> Listen, it's in a job description here. Do you know we, birthdays, anniversaries, that is in her job description? Listen. Because it matters. It really matters.
1: Girl, I'm doing a reorg this summer. And my I'm calling it my kudos and care team. That I need people that remind me to shout folks out because our church runs hard. We run hard. And. Our, our pats on the back, our celebration is that you get to stay. We're all like, Hey, we're on a mission for Jesus. And if you knock it out the park, great. You just, you just won yourself to come back next week and serve yeah, <laughs> We're yeah, yeah. Not very good at popcorn parties and trophies and we're not good at that. And so like, I need a person that's going to help me be like, Hey, don't forget these people knocked it out the park last week. They went over and above or don't forget so-and-so's mom is sick. because those things are important to me. They just don't come natural to me. And so there's, you need a village of of all of that so that there's a complete holistic approach to nurturing and care. We all do it differently.
0: I think the, the conversation you're, how you're saying about like serve where you are is a mothering example of like, nobody gets everything they want. Nobody gets in a church environment, in a work environment, in a family environment. It's not going to be exactly what you want, but can you serve there or go somewhere else versus, I mean, a a women's coup is a, is a big thing to say because there are a lot of women who think that is going to change the nature
1: of the church. Yes, and it's not. And, and if you really want to use your influence, you know, get on your knees and ask God how he wants to use you to, in an honoring way, change that church. And by the way, that has very little to do with being a woman. That has everything to do with authority whether it's Romans 13 or it's the way God does everything men submit to men women it doesn't matter if you're not the one that God has put in charge then you submit and so you know if if it's a time where you pray and go hard and ask God to show you how to win influence or open the hearts of your leaders that's great and in the meantime they're not going to shut down you having relationships most of the time we want the big structured you know, ordained, introduced thing. Like, this is our women. And you may not always get that, but I don't know any, any, well, I'm not going to say none, but very rarely is it somebody saying, you can't have lunch with a woman. <laughs> you can't go disciple. You can't go check on people. Do the thing that you can do in a way that honors God and then let God grow the thing and let God show you how, how that thing is going to look. Because, you know, I can, I trust didn't say, oh, let's have a women's Bible study ministry. Bible teaching happened to line up with my giftedness. We would not have done it if we didn't have a teacher. <laughs> it's just that that's who I am. We did not have a strong prayer ministry because that's not my strength. I need to pray and I like to pray. I'm like, I mean, I'm not good at it. Like rallying people around it and the, you know, tearing for hours. That is not my strength. And and we got people at our church who kill it. They knock it out of the box. And I need, I depend on them, you know. Um, but we didn't, we didn't do that first because I wasn't good at that. And that would have been horrible. <laughs> I knew there was a need. And so I was like, OK, Lord, soon as somebody comes that can be a care person and a prayer for you, you know, bring them. And so I just think knowing what the frame of your house is, your church, being honoring to that, because God put you there. Unless you think they're living in sin. Most of the time it's preference, Eddie. Unless you think it's sin. And if it is and God's calling you to leave, he will open the door. You don't have to bust the door down. When God's calling you to leave somewhere, he's going to open that door to allow you to leave well, leave with grace, leave with honor, leave with respect. You don't have to bust the door down and come running out of there. Yeah. If he's not calling you to leave, he's calling you to thrive
0: right there. Mm. Right there. If he's not calling you to leave, he's calling you to thrive. He's calling you to thrive right there. That'll tell a story. Um, Speaking of Bible teaching, your Galatians study comes out for free.
1: In just a Politics. couple of weeks
0: or next week. Yeah, May 10th. Is that right?
1: Yep, May 10th. May okay. 10th and you can go to uh, Faith Gateway or uh, Zondervan or search Galatians online Bible study. <laughs> Why'd you pick Galatians? So for me, I'm just a local church girl. So like everything I do comes from where I feel like the Lord is has our church or the local church. So a year or so ago, I taught the series uh, with our church because I don't know how somehow we got into I don't know. I, usually I'm praying. I'm like, God, what are people wrestling with? What are we talking about? And so I think it was a, I felt like he had been talking to me about approval, women needing approval of uh, people. No, it's, not a, it's not a women's Bible study. It's, it's a Bible study. And the funny thing is about Galatians, even though it's Galatians is heavy, heavy doctrine. Paul lays out a lot of things about gospel and faith and works and favoritism and fruit of the spirit And de- I mean, it's so much stuff, you know, Galatians two twenty is like a, you know, Therefore, it's no longer I who live, but Christ, I've been yep. crucified with Christ. That's like a gospel bolt, you know, it's like right. a bolt in our favor. Right. That's a big, huge statement. However, generally, that book speaks a lot about acceptance and freedom because so many things he's talking about is like, hey, I know y'all don't accept me because I wasn't one of y'all's little original 12. I was that extra one on the end. That's how he's like. hey, right. I had an encounter. <laughs> I'm the extra one
0: on the
1: end. Yes, he was. He was like, hey, I know I might not have been in y'all's yeah. little cool kids club. But let me tell you something. My stuff is legit. Okay, me and Jesus had, a, had an encounter, right? So I'm accepted. You don't have to accept me, right? Then he goes on to say, and James and Peter, y'all getting bougie. I act like I didn't have any Gentile friends until, until you got caught because you don't accept them because you hadn't felt accepted. You know, he just going on and on and on. And if you look at this theme, he's like, Christ has given us the ultimate acceptance and approval. Man, circumstance, nothing else should, should touch that. And so, that's really the what I believe is one of the big messages in that book with a lot of examples along the way. But so that's why I love it. And you can watch it every week free.
0: Oh, I can't wait. Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Ritual. Here's the thing. We ought to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every single day. Ritual is clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high quality nutrients and bioavailable forms. But do you know what you won't find? Sugar, GMO, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. Plus, They have a minty, fresh taste and delayed release capsule design that makes taking your vitamins really easy. I want to be the best friend I can to myself, and for me, that looks like doing my best to take care of my whole self, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. That's why my ritual vitamins are a part of my daily routine and have been for over a year. It's a way that I can be sure that I'm putting good things into my body and supplementing where there may be gaps in my diet. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use, right? And one of the things I love about Ritual is that you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from. Their one-of-a-kind visible supply chain allows everything to be traceable, and I think that's really important. And y'all know me. I love when things can be automated and convenient. Well, Ritual vitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. Get your key nutrients without any extras. Ritual is offering my friends 10% off your first three months. So visit ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start your ritual today. I've heard a couple of teachers, Beth Moore included, saying that Galatians
1: is the book for our day. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, and it's, and you're just like, you know what? People have always been petty. Boy, nothing is new under the sun. (laughs) That is it.
0: People have always been petty. That is the line. (laughs) (laughs) People have
1: always been petty. They are. That's right. We're all all petty sometimes, and we we girl, it's been good.
0: Okay, is there anything we didn't talk about in this conversation you want to make sure we cover? I mean, you're coming back.
1: I just want people to know it is important that if you have a laundry room, you should consider (laughs) renovating
0: it. Listen, we ain't even get into how we're both ready to
1: renovate our laundry rooms.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gospel work going forward and renovating laundry rooms. That is what matters to Jada Edwards and Annie Sounds right now. <laughs> um, Jada, that leads me to our oh, last goodness. question. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you.
1: Oh, okay. This probably is going to sound so antithetical to a mothering conversation. But tonight, my kids are going to my parents' house for the weekend and that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Are you going to sleep in tomorrow? Are you a sleep in kind of Saturday girl when you can?
1: I can't. I can't even do it anymore because my body. So I'll probably wake up early and then go back to sleep. I'm going to clean out my tub so I can take a bath. And I'm going to go buy some bubble bath. And I'm just going to sit in there and get pruney yeah. and get my Netflix <laughs> Do you read
0: on. something? Do you watch something? What's your bathtub entertainment?
1: It depends. I, I Right now, uh, I'm new to Netflix. I was late to the game. I didn't come into the pandemic. So I'm only like a few months into Netflix. Wow.
0: Congratulations! It is a deep
1: pool. <laughs> I'm not even a big TV person. I'm more of a music kind of person. <clears throat> so generally, I come in and have music playing, not watching something. So clearly, I have much to do on Netflix. Yes, much yes. work is there. There's much work to be done there in the <laughs> Netflix arena. Uh, <laughs> so lots of catching up there, and <laughs> also reading a couple of good books. Uh, the warmth of other sons. I'm reading um, a great book by John Stott on Christianity. So this. I will probably have all the things so that you don't have to get out. The key is not having to get out of the tub. (laughs)
0: That's right. You can refill that thing as long as you want. (laughs) That's
1: right. You need snacks, a beverage Uh of choice. I won't judge you depending on what your beverage (laughs) is. That's right. Uh, Your book, your iPad, everything. So you don't have to get out until you're ready. And you pee. You pee before you get in the tub. That is the— That's the That's the
0: ministry right there. That's the thing we needed you to say. Remind us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Jada, I love you. Thanks for doing this today. Happy Mother's Day for the way you mother your children and your church and your friends and me. I'm, I'm really thankful for you.
1: Thank you. Back at you, girl. You are changing the world. Happy Mother's Day to you, too.
0: Friends, isn't she amazing? What what profound truths about filling your mothering bucket, or for the dudes, your fathering bucket, but filling your mothering bucket and what that means and how we can do that in so many different ways. I will never forget that, whether it's one stream or whether it's a million streams, how we fill our buckets really matters. And now I'm excited to introduce you to my friend, Kylie Dean. Kylie is an incredible singer, as you will hear if you stick around to the very end. She's also a mother. She's also a cancer survivor and she has got a story that if you weren't crying with Jada, I was. This one's going to bring a little tear to your eye because it is so genuine and so beautiful and such a heartbreaking story. So, we do talk about cancer in the story, we talk about miscarriage and we talk about how all that has affected Kylie's life. So, I just want to give you a warning about that 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 conversation is coming. So here is my dear friend, one of my favorite mothers, Kylie Dean. All right. I'm happy to be here. here oh, I, Kylie, Cheers. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, listen, we got- like legit. Oh, we got- I'm just happy yeah. that you asked. Oh my gosh. I'm thrilled to have Love you here. It. I hope this isn't our only time. I hope this is just the first. Absolutely not. This yes. is this is the uh, iceberg. Yes. The inaugural. Yeah, If you will. Uh, <laughs> I will. Kylie Dean, world-renowned songstress is what you I are. I will take it. Yeah. What's the most recent song out right now that we can go listen to? Well,
2: uh, funny you ask. Yeah. I'm about to put out a Christian EP. <gasps> yes. It's kind of a worship um, it's my first it's my first dibble dabble into the Christian world of music music world, really? Yeah. so uh, that's gonna release sometime June, July. We're not sure if we're gonna push it, but I'm actually shooting the live version, yeah,
0: um, Wednesday, Cinco de mayo. yeah. what's yeah. making you? move into because you kind of grew up and have always done music in pop world mm-hmm. you've will you name drop or do you want me to name drop go Were ahead you, who you have been back you've been backup singer for Madonna oh yeah Ten for years. Britney Spears yeah. Britney
2: Spears Matthew Morrison yeah uh, I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, uh, pe- Justin Timberlake uh, done a ton of work with just uh, art, random artists. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the money makers for me were Madonna and Brit. That's yeah. that's that's what people kind of know me for. Yeah,
0: and now you're Claim stepping to the fame. front. Twenty, 20 the front. what's that documentary? Twenty feet from stardom. Oh man, I, everybody you, was like, "Where what?" Kylie. I'm like, "Well, I never." It's so
2: funny. I never really got in. I never thought I would be a background singer for mm-hmm. for for especially as long as I have. Um, I've always been doing my solo work and stuff like that, but um, that paid the bills, especially living in L.A. But it came, you know, you were on the road with Madonna. It was a whole year. Yeah. You didn't you didn't come off the road. But. And were
0: you already married? You didn't come wait, no. hold on. You didn't come off the road <laughs> for a year? This last? Okay. This was the
2: longest tour I did. This last tour, it was called Rebel Heart. Uh-huh. We started promo, which is like you go to Italy, you do the British Brit Awards, you do the Grammys, you do all the all the things. That started in rehearsals with Madonna are insanity uh-huh. because we rehearse for months. Oh, she's wow. a perfectionist, yeah. she's incredible. Whole different caliber of artist, so rehearsals would start. They those started in January. Uh-huh. I didn't get off the road. That was January 2015. I didn't get off the road till April of 2016.
0: Oh my gosh! Would your got, husband just come out and meet got married you
2: and on the road? <gasps> I on a did day not off know this in part. LA. How about this in a chapel in a strip mall? No. On on La Brea, yeah, uh, uh, in L.A. on a day off. Left the next day to go to Germany and do the European tour for three months. (laughs) Happy. uh, Hey, baby, we're married. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, I'm getting on the plane at a marriage, (laughs) you know? So, yeah, we got married on the road and then came home, came to L.A., bought a house, lived there, got pregnant, and found ourselves wanting for more out of life. Mm -hmm. So we moved to Nashville. Yeah. And so y'all got here in 16, 17? We got here in 2017. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Our house sold in a week. I'd been there Won't for twenty. The Lord I'm telling you, wow, that was the prayer. Yeah, Jesus, if you want us to leave LA, and this was like me saying, I'm gonna say it, but you got to show up. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss it. Yeah. I'm gonna toss that out there. Yeah, a week. Our house was sold. Wow. Sold. Like, dude, signed on the dotted line. Wow, it was crazy. Wow. So, so you are like, here
0: in 17. And what was your music thoughts when you got here? Were you like? I could still do the same things.
2: <laughs> well, we wanted to move to a town where we could still do music yeah, and of the Nashville scene just seemed so much warmer. I grew out. I know this sounds insane. I outgrew LA. Mm, I outgrew the music insane. scene. Yeah. Worked with everybody. I was over it. I was over the pop scene, honestly. Yeah. Just I mean, I'm not over it, but just kind of like where I was in life, I just kind of needed to break from it. So mm. Moved here and my my plan was to get into music, songwrite, this, that, the other. But I wanted to take two years off. And I said it out loud. I want the first two years with my baby. I don't want to yeah. work.
0: Well, Jesus heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you feel that. You but feel also that. now as you're getting ready to tell us the rest of your story, yeah. me not knowing that part, that feels like the Lord was like, She needs these two years. Oh
2: my heavens. Yeah. You better preach because that, that is, is the truth.
0: Something. It's the truth. So um had
2: Sullivan. Two years. On exactly two years, my I got diagnosed with cancer. So breast cancer was like, boom, I'm kind of getting ahead. I'm sorry if you no, have these in the No, this is what I want you to do. No. So there's another year out. So I'm three years out of the music scene, raising a child, fighting breast cancer. It's crazy. It's
0: crazy. Did you always want to be a mom? No. No.
2: There was a time where I, no, I'm definitely not that... That was not my desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it wasn't that I didn't want to have kids. I actually, you know, I was even contemplating at one point, like, this world,
3: should I bring a child? Yeah. You know, yeah. Kind of yeah. getting deep yeah. on,
2: on that side of it. Like, yeah. do I want to bring a kid into this world? And then my answer, l- as loud as day, was, um, you got to bring in the good ones. We got to bring wow. in more more warriors, more good ones, raise them up. Wow. And we got pregnant. Yeah. I mean, six months after we were married, I was pregnant. Wow. So it was, it was crazy. Yeah. And it she's was quick. Perfect. She's perfect. She's perfect. Did she just give you so much love on Sunday? Oh, was my gosh, she hugging yes, you? Yeah. Yes. She, she doesn't know a stranger, which we're going to have to address eventually. <laughs> when we go to church, you can hug everybody. That's right. But please don't be hugging everybody on the streets <laughs> at the and a Kroger, Street. please. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yes.
0: Um, when people follow you on Instagram, they're going <laughs> to see she just is. She lights up everywhere. She, she's unreal. Yeah. She is an angel. Um, okay, so talk about 2019. 29- so you're mothering. You're thinking about getting back into music at two years? Were you thinking, like, time for me to get back on it? Yeah, but you know what, Annie? Like,
2: it getting out of it, it's still really hard for me. Really? To get back into it. I got a lot of, um, I'm fresh off of a counseling session. <laughs> and I was just crying about this. Okay. But it, I, a lot of wounds in, in that world yeah, um, that I'm having to try not to bring with me into this one. Wow. A lot of bullying as an adult. Yeah. I mean, I don't really understand that, but that a lot of a lot of body shaming, a lot of just everything shaming. Yeah. And that's not mine to carry anymore, and I'm trying to leave that luggage.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: the, the thing that counseling's giving me is is a place to file it. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. So, so I'm, I'm that, that's helping me immensely. But even this week, I just kind of went reverted back to that self-doubt because, mm. and my my counselor told me she said, "With hope comes fear, and wow. those things live together." With hope
0: comes fear. So, so somebody I'm needs to hear that. Come on yeah. now. Yeah.
2: Entering this new world, and you know, everybody from you to to the next songwriter to the guy who's offering me a pub deal to the the A and R I had a, a meeting with. It's like Oh my gosh, y'all are so much warmer than what I'm used to. Mm. So I know God's showing me mm-hmm. it's okay. Step mm-hmm. out, take, yes. have some faith. But that fear, woo, it rears its head.
0: I mean, I have goosebumps. You saying, "With hope comes fear," because yeah. so many, as we're talking about Mother's Day, there are so many women who don't want to hope anymore. Yes, because they're tired of being yes. afraid that they're yes. not that their hopes aren't going to get met, that yeah. it's going to be disappointed. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, we're too. all.
2: I mean, I mean, it is. It is. It is such a reality. It Mm -hmm. is such a real thing. Mm -hmm. Because it's almost like, you know, what are you willing to risk? Yeah. What are you willing to risk? Are you willing to hurt to get to where you want to be or to, you know, sometimes it's hard to dream.
0: Yes. You know?
2: Yes. (laughs) Oh, girl, yeah. we, uh, yeah, okay, 2019. <laughs> 2019. Which I, comes
0: first, getting, I'm, okay, I'm spo- so I'm about to spoil it. You, no, you
2: know. no, 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 there is no spoilage. Uh, I'm in the shower. I remember me and Mason, we took a trip to the beach. That's your husband, just for people That's, to know. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> my, oh, yeah, my side, <laughs> my side man. <laughs> no, my one and only. We were at the beach, and I was like, what do you think about having another baby? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I, I would love to. You know, I, you know, I want, you know. He wants like three. I wanted two. Yeah, and I was starting. I was like, okay, I'm. I'm kind of okay with Sully. She's pretty perfect. Yeah, yeah. We hit a home run. <laughs> we, <laughs> we hit a home run with this one <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we don't really try. We kind of start trying, but I mean, not really. So I breastfed for a long time, mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. That's nothing to, to brag about. I, I think it's funny when, when mo- uh, women do that, but yeah, you know, I, lo- I, I respect. I mean, she was having formula from day one, but yeah, that's not a thing for me. Mm-hmm. But I did do it for a long time because she, yeah. was, she was a booby baby. Yeah. And I was in the shower, and I felt a lump. And I just stopped at two years breastfeeding her, so I was like, "Oh man, this is a clogged milk duct. This is something my body's going through. You know, I'm I'm not uh, nursing anymore, but let's get it checked out just in case." So my doctor's like, "Oh, that's totally what it is. That's that's a milk duct. That's you just stop this, that, the other. Just go see, you know, a specialist." Well, uh, ultrasound turned into a Uh, what is it where they squeeze it (laughs)
0: yes Uh, I don't know the word right now either yes everybody knows yeah mammogram Uh, mammogram mammogram.
2: there's mammogram mastectomy come on that's hard same M. yeah that's right so I went and got a man that turned into mammogram turned into a uh, they went in and grabbed tissue and it was cancer it was breast cancer in my world I just remember like losing my hearing I like you know when your ears ring and you can't hear that that's what happened Wow. my doctor called and and It just, everything was quiet. And I, you know, being diagnosed at 36, 37, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Thank you, Jesus, I found it. Mm
0: -hmm. Because I wouldn't
2: have been getting a mammogram anytime soon. Right. So we go, and all of this is weighing on me. And I remember being like, where's my period? It's probably stressful, you know. Like,
0: I was pregnant. So I took a test and I was Gosh. pregnant. I mean, so within like days or weeks of the two? Weeks. I mean, talk about hope and fear. Talk oh, yeah. about joy and suffering oh, yeah. being held together. Yeah. And this is where,
2: thank God for counseling, um, I can talk about it now. I used to, I couldn't even approach this subject without crying. Uh, I was with you, and we were yeah. doing a. I was singing one night and kind of giving my testimony of where I was at, and I was told everybody. I was like, "Please pray for me." You know, this is this is what I'm going through, and on top of it, we're expecting. Yeah. So that was that was a weird, bizarre, uh, incredible moment because it drew me really close to the Father, and I
0: just and I just I remember thinking, "This yeah. is gonna." Be, I think we even said to you, "You said. this is gonna be how God." heals. And this baby, you know, I remember thinking it. You said that to me that mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. I didn't know
2: there was, th- of course, my doctors were like, oh, and I was like, oh, what? There ain't no oh in this. We're having right. this baby. Y'all got to right. work around it, right. you know? So um I remember praying. I was going in uh, November 2019. On the 21st of November, I was having a mastectomy. I was like, Get rid of it. Save my other breast because mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a baby and I want to breastfeed. I remember really struggling with um, what's gonna happen. Like, mm-hmm. is this baby gonna be okay? Is is he/she gonna be healthy? I, I'm my body's going through a lot. I'm. Stressed. Were you doing
0: chemo or any of that?
2: No, but they wanted to start me on chemo, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh,
2: which they said was safe for the baby, which I still questioned, but whatever. My doctors kind of scrambled this, that, the other. But three days before my mastectomy, I, I lost it. And I, and I remember I remember praying before. I was like, God, if you want to take him, I believe it was a boy. Mm. And his name would have been Michael because we, you know, like, we name, we try to, ugh, we try to, part of mourning is talking about it. yeah. So that was me. I was like, it's a boy. His name was Michael. And if you want him, take him. He's yours, you know, and, and and I even say that about my daughter now, um, which is hard because yeah. she's tangible. Yes. And she's mine and she's my heir, but she's yours. And he took him. He took him three days before my mastectomy. And oh, God works so perfectly. My mom and dad showed up hours before this happened. No. Oh hours. And we were in a Publix and I was like, dad, I don't, he, my dad looked at me. I'll never forget. We were looking at the milk and he goes, honey, are you okay? And I said, I'm not. And I ran in the bathroom and that's when, you know, so it was brutal, but it was, it was okay. And it is okay. I cry about it. It still affects me,
0: but it's okay. I mean, it, it was your son. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it was a year yeah. and a half ago. It's not like, yeah, not, and I don't know that time makes it feel less but yeah that's a that's a recent mm-hmm. thing it's, oh, you bet
2: and and here's the deal like you know going into a major surgery going in i mean after the yeah, surgery yeah what was your emotions I like had going no into no time yeah. no time to mourn this loss yeah so i'm wearing you know a diver right. in surgery cuz uh, i'm like <laughs>
3: yeah. it's
2: insane i'm sorry that's tmi but no. i mean for those of you that know you know yeah it was a lot so but he brought me through it and I, I i don't know how it's just jesus it's just the holy spirit it is god almighty he just puts this like armor on you and i know that's biblical but he it's it was like a almost real armor and you just go through that fire and you come out unscathed i mean yeah i got some battle wounds but all in all, I'm pretty unscathed. Like God Mm. really brought me through this Mm. and he's holding my child as we speak, Yeah, you know, and one day I'll, I'll see him. Yeah. Kylie, that (laughs) it's a little
0: heavy. (laughs) No, I mean, it's true. No, I mean, it's not heavy. It's your story. Mm -hmm. It's so many of our friends listening are crying right with you because they know one or both of your your experiences. Hey, friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Indeed. Indeed isn't just resumes. Indeed is quality candidates and virtual interviews and truly everything you need to find the right people to join your team. That makes Indeed indispensable. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. You post, you screen, you interview all on Indeed. And then you'll get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes match your job description fast. You can schedule and complete video interviews at your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, which gives you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately. And they have the Indeed Skills Test that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You could choose more than 130 skill tests and then add your must-have requirements so that you only pay for applications that meet them. So like I said, if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with the free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com soundsfun. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com soundsfun. Indeed.com soundsfun. The offer is valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So when when you lose Michael, yeah, and you lose a breast mm-hmm. in the same week, in the same week, what do you pray after that? How do you? What's the next? How do you go back to God at all? I never struggled there,
2: really. And that is not to praise me or to my own horn. I had nothing else to go to. <laughs> That's it. Right. So at the end of the day, if you're if you're falling and, you know, you got this crazy cushion underneath you and you can decide which way you want to fall on the mm-hmm. cushion or the concrete, I'm mm-hmm. going to choose the cushion. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. God. And yeah. he's like, I'm here. Just lean back. Yeah. Like, yeah. let me handle this. And as hard as it was, I mean, I had a horrible staph infection from my, you know, chemo was brutal. I... Had anaphylactic shock twice that ended my chemo. It was so wow. bad. It almost almost took me out twice. Wow. So, and like through it all, I was just thankful it was me and not my kid and not my husband. Really? Thank you that it's me, God. Mm. And I know that sounds like, I know that may sound like, oh, well, good for her. No, no. It, that's the truth. Because yeah. I I see people that got kids that are going through this. Thank you, God, that it was me. I would have, I'll take it any day. What was it over like? Over them. Parenting Sully during all of this. She, there are words that she used that I'm like, no two year old should really have to say that. Mm. Like when I got my poured out, Mom, are you going to the hospital to get your poured out? Yeah. Like <laughs> what? Like you are three. <laughs> you're, two. Just, yeah. you're three. Yeah. yeah. But like, mommy's sick. Mommy's sick. Mommy didn't feel good, you know? And I try so hard, but. Chemo is anybody who's ever been through it, you know. It yeah. is
0: brutal. You can't hide that.
2: Yeah. When when you when you take a drug called the Red Devil. It's oh nicknamed my the Red Devil. You know that you're you're in that for that's a treat. Awful. But I did great on it. So yeah. it is what it is. She she was with with me when my hair fell out when we shaved our head.
0: She's she's awesome. So she in good. 2020 when we're all stuck in our house oh yeah. homes, mm-hmm. you've just lost a child. Yeah. You have just been through major surgery. And are you still able to go to the hospital during COVID? Yes, but okay. now no
2: longer having uh, visitors. Okay. So all these, you know, these, this my last chemo uh, was May 7th. We're coming up on a year. Exactly a year. Exactly a Hold year. Hold on. That
0: may be the exact day people are hearing You're this. kidding me. They're hearing this on May 6th. So tomorrow is one year since your last chemo. Wow. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. That and that that is so God. Come on. And what what is your cancer diagnosis now? Uh, cancer free. Really? They yeah. just got it. They did. So
2: the after after surgery, I was cancer free because okay. they went and they got it all. Yeah, it hadn't spread. Thank you, Jesus. No, no, it hadn't no, spread. No. It hadn't gone into. It started to go into my lymph nodes, but then it stopped. You're like, but, dear every woman, listen, check yes, yourself. Come in the on shower. now, and and yes, it is called. Mammogram,
0: yeah, yeah, get it, <laughs> get, get yo,
2: mammogram. Yeah, I don't care if you're 25. Yeah, just go get one. Yeah, if you feel anything, don't question it. Go get it. My, yeah. yeah. So, um, and yeah, it's 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 it's. So a, if you're cancer free, they still just do all that. They, so chemotherapy. I was high risk for recurrence. Okay, so they wanted to make sure that this bad boy didn't come back and. My, my oncologist looked at me and said, you know, we're not going to kill you to try to save you. So wow. you're done. Yeah. Because it was my body was rejecting chemo big time.
0: Man, what a great doctor to go. Yep. I'm listening to your body mm-hmm. and your body is saying you're good. Twice, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. like, okay, you're done. I am. I'm. You know, I'm kind of a hippie when it comes to medical stuff. Are you? Yeah. Oh, I love natural, essential oil. oh listen. Oh got yeah. All of that. Them, <laughs> Kylie, just put some, put some on guard on that. It'll be fine. I don't like that. But I lean. I believe in a good For combo sure. of Western and Eastern. For sure. I hope. For it, sure. But when, um, when your body tells you. <laughs> I don't like that food. I don't like that drug. Screaming! I don't like that. Yeah, I'm like, listen to your body. I'll seize you out of this chemo chair. Oh wow! Yeah, wow! Yeah. What changed in you about your life once you survived that? Both of those things. Well, that's why I'm
2: writing. Why I wrote this EP, Um, this music. I wanted this. The whole purpose of me doing this this four song EP. It's called Overcome. And I wanted to release it on May 7th, but way too many things to get done. It won't
0: won't be right by then. Well, we'll make sure everybody knows. Well, they're all going to follow you on Instagram, so when it comes really out, we'll make sure everybody knows. I'm really not
2: trying to plug it, but it's just part of where I'm at right now. It's my story. And the first song I actually wrote with Riley Clemens and her boyfriend, Chris Newman. Yeah. And it is talking about the the, uh, miscarriage and all of that. So it got me right where I needed to be. And I think God, I know God allowed me to walk through that fire Mm -hmm. and he was with me the entire, the entire way. And I know for a fact I had to walk through there there to get here.
0: Really? Well,
2: just where we're sitting today. Yeah. Talking about the future. Uh, There's so much more joy I have now that I didn't have before. Really? It's, it's kind of strange. I've, I would have called you joyful before. Yeah, I, I mean yeah, you were totally you're
0: a joyful person, thank but you, you feel like it deeper in you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's huh. a true.
2: Uh, I've let go of certain things in my life yeah. that weren't doing me good. Wow, it's a growth. It's mm-hmm. a massive, massive growth that I've that I've uh, undergone. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm grateful for it. Hope and fear, hope and fear together. Man. Together. What do you hope or fear about having kids? Are y'all do y'all want to try again? Do you want to? Unfortunately, um, I was uh, high risk
2: or uh, not high risk. Um, ERPR, so that's that's hormone. That means, sorry. Okay, hormonal
0: based, and a lot of people the with cancer is hormonal mm-hmm. based. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. Cancer is so demonic. It is demonic, and it's and neither
2: of no nobody with the same kind of cancer is remotely the same which is which I learned sure. there's triple negative there's hgr2 positive there's blah 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 blah. and even right. with so say if I had the same type of cancer as somebody it's not the same yeah their stories yeah. are different yeah so it Thank is God a oncologist who can know all that Doctor yes um so I my husband and I have decided to not because it is a super high risk for me, yeah. But adoption is absolutely on our horizon and yeah. something that we are, you know, when when we think it's the right time, we're going to look into,
0: yeah, for sure. Can we talk about some since we're since, oh, come on since you just went to counseling? Come on, can we talk about some of the feelings around you? You will not have any more kids, birth them, oh, yeah. I mean, has that been a grieving? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: I feel like it was stripped from me. It was taken from me. It was stolen from me. Yes. That was brutal. Yes. Not only did you take my baby, not, mm-hmm. not, not so much God, just the world. Yeah. You took my child, Cancer, mm-hmm. and I think God took him. I'm not going to give Cancer that. Mm-hmm. God took him. I, I gave him and I said if it's if it's your will Father and I have a yeah. peace with it yeah. doesn't mean my heart's not broken yeah not my will but yours be done exactly that's it exactly wow um, so I feel stripped of my choice I'm mm. both of my best friends are gonna pop any day and I don't find myself being angry sad jealous nothing like that but yeah. there are times it's a gut punch yes and yes. I'm like oh okay it's okay. Sully, for whatever reason, has been saying, Mom, I want a baby brother. I don't know why she's saying that. I do not know. So that's like, okay, not sure where that's coming from, God, but that's yours. Take it. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever emotion it gives me, lead me,
0: help me. I mean, you're so good at at feeling something, experiencing something, and pretty quickly going, okay, God, I'm handing that to you. I'm saying that to you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The feelings follow.
0: Mm -hmm. The feelings don't lead. The feelings
2: follow. They do. Yeah, but he does. He'll. Next thing you know, you'll be like, "Hey, I'm
0: okay with this." Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's a. It's a process. It's a. It's a walk. One of the interesting things, a language I've been using that I wonder if you feel similar about birthing children Mm -hmm. because I'm forty and that it's just a little more complicated now if I decided to. You're, you're 40? Yes. Yeah. So you know why I said only? Yeah. 39. Oh, yeah, girl. Let's go. Hey! Let's go. Here we go. We only 4 You're going to love it. It's, I, I, it's I, I'm awesome. kind of ready
2: for it. It's I just turned awesome. 39, so I'm like, okay, last year, 30s. Last year, right. You're only li- 40. Only 40. It's the new,
0: it's the new 20. I, I'm but, having a great time. Come on. But I, but the word I've been using about my own opportunity to birth children has been I'm just in a sober place Oh, of like I see things as they really are. I am not without hope, or not, and and my desires aren't even what my desires used to be. That's Mm -hmm. been interesting too. Is that weird or what? Yeah, yeah. It just feels very sobering. So what? So does that word relate to you? Do you feel Mm. like there's been a sobering? Oh yeah. And and in the sobering, I feel nearer to God. Does that make sense?
2: Yes. Yeah. Beyond.
0: Beyond. Yeah. Like. mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm thankful for it.
2: It's funny though too. It, half of my friends are in their 40s having kids.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's
2: happening I mean, all. Because that's what women do, especially yeah. women like you and I who mm-hmm. are career oriented and mm-hmm. this is we're so lucky to have what we do be our thing. Yeah. But also, you know, I got to yeah. have I got to have a kid, yeah. you know? It's a fine line. It's a it's a tightrope walk yeah. to, to have your career and also be a mom. Mm-hmm. It
0: is. It's hard. Where else do you feel like you mother besides Sully? What do you mean? Do you feel like there are—because t- I would say when you lead worship on stage, mm. there are times it feels like you and in- you nurture us mm. and you invite us, and does it ever wow. feel—does it ever touch that same place in you?
2: No. I mean, ah. no, I know what you're saying, but I, nobody's ever told me that. Oh, yeah. But I totally see that. Okay. For instance, when I look down and, and sing in His Eyes on the Sparrow, and I see somebody crying uh-huh. because— whoever's message along coupled with a song. Yes, that is very yeah. I see that. Yeah. And kind of like it's my way of not so much preaching or sermon, but it's it's my gift to be able to like sing what what I've been through. Mm-hmm. Cuz this house on the sparrow, I mean, come
0: on. I mean, when That's, you sing that song, we all better just just bring tissue. Come on. <laughs> That's the one. But, but You can say anything. And I mean, it was coupled along with with Drews. Sermon. I mean, that was
2: crazy. We'll link
0: to that in the show notes so people can go and watch his. It was was an incredible, and we
2: all, in some way, shape, or form, go through that. And and were you sick then? Did you know you had cancer yet? No, No. but the waymaker was. Yes, and you came to the front of the stage to be like, "Come on, guy, come on, yeah, cheering me on." That was game game changer. Yeah, that was... I was already crazy about Annie, but that day I fell in love. I was like, that's my girl. <laughs> How
0: about this Sunday when I had to hobble on the stage I, I had a major told Mason that story. I'm going to show it to you before you leave. I'm going to show it you it horrible? My ankle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. It's awful. <laughs> For everybody, <laughs> you were like... I, got, I got a blister on my ankle de- in between church services and I, I was shuffling. She I was, was trying so... I
2: was like, dude, it's a gangster lean. Lean <laughs> into this. This, you look so like, you know, back in the day when Snoop Dogg would <gasps> walk yeah. on stage and kind of have that walk. Yeah. You had it.
0: We just yeah. I, <laughs> I I was hosting. I had to walk up and do the announcements. But I was walking so yeah. slow. I knew I had to leave early and our pastor Chris Nichols texted me he was like, "Are you singing backup? You're there so early." Oh, <laughs> I was like, "I
2: know. I just couldn't my. walk. <laughs> Gosh, you did! You were like Kylie. I'm here. Can you see me hopping? Can you see me? uh, I was like, I just thought you had extra swag in your boots today. You're like,
0: no, it's a blister. Small injury. Hilarious, Um, Kylie. I want to know when you think about. I'm just thinking about our friends listening who Mm -hmm. are crying along with us. Yes. What's their hope? Will you talk about what the hope is that you know? What's What's the hope for a mom or a woman going into this weekend that is walking through cancer? That does not have a good diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I just think there may be some. I'm getting teary. thinking about it. Ooh, I know. <laughs> there are some women listening who, who don't know how much longer they have. Right. There are women listening who do not feel hopeful about the future of being a mom. Who do not feel. They just don't have hope around being a woman or being a mom. If you could grab her face, what would you say? <sighs> Sorry. That is, that is tough. And you know what's crazy,
2: Annie? Like I have thought about women who are in this position, whether it be breast or some other, some other diagnosis and not having the, okay, we got it. Mm -hmm. We got it all. And having to walk through life, you know, wondering what's next Mm -hmm. or when. I don't have an answer because that's, that is extremely brutal That's unfair. But in those darkest, unlit corners of your almost faith, you know what I mean? He'll shed light on it and he'll brighten it and get you through every single tiny little moment. Mm -hmm. Maybe not all at once, but like right where you need it. Right, like just when you need it. I remember having a panic attack right after all this, and it ha- I still have them. Yeah. I still have them. There is a hope in Jesus that I- is so hard to verbalize. If you know it, you know it. He is a miracle worker. He can change his mind. He can—for for good, it's always for his good. It's always for his glory, but— That's a tough spot to be. And to stay there when it feels like the world does not have hope and and you don't really know what hope means. What is hope if I have a diagnosis that is not hopeful? Thank God we serve a God that has an afterlife for us.
0: That's right.
2: You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I do feel going through what I felt, going through what I went through, that I saw him more and heard his voice, uh, even now, more than I ever, ever have in my life. When you're at your lowest, that's where he can work. That's where mm-hmm. he can show up. When you're at your weakest, that's where he can show his strength. Yes, And I hope that that answers your question, because yeah. that's a really hard question, Annie. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard question, because there are women. I met with a 25-year-old girl the other day for breakfast, and she is a stage four, and they gave her two years. Wow. I just sat and listened. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you feel. Mm-hmm. And that was that was brutal for me to hear. And I and I, you know, I'm trying to hold it together. And I got tears streaming down my face because that's who I am. I'm mm-hmm. my mother. And I'm <laughs> I love that about myself. Thank you, mom. <sighs> yeah. The empathy that God has blessed me with is is helpful in this in this time of my life and and to help other women who are battling going through loss or diagnosis Mm -hmm. it's 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 crazy it's a crazy world you're walking you're walking you're walking you're doing your thing life and then boom something hits you out of the blue like that for me it was back to back and what's funny god knows me Mm -hmm. let's rip the band-aid off (laughs) Give me this and give me this back to back. I don't want to. That's so he knows me. That's how intimate our father is. He knows me. He knew I could handle that and that. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, I could. Yeah. Because he knows me. That's how he made me. Mm -hmm. And whoever's going through something today, he knows what you can handle. And at the end of the day, he's got you. When you feel you can't, he's got you. He's got your family. He's got you. And he's got a place for us.
0: Yeah. I mean, when people say God won't give you more than you can handle, I'm like, sometimes you question that, don't you? (laughs) That is not in the Bible. I feel like he hands me more than I can handle a lot, but that is because he handles it. Mm -hmm. If I will go, you're right. This is more than I can handle. That amount of grief, that amount of stress, that amount of pain, that amount of loss, that's more. Mm -hmm. That's more than I can handle. Thank God for God. (sighs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. I almost, that's, that's a great way to put it. It's like, no, actually, this is more Mm -hmm. for me. So can you please take it? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Luckily, it's not too much for you. (laughs) Yeah. But it is too much for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have felt shame before when people said, God doesn't give you more and you can handle because I thought, well, then
2: so I'm, I'm weak. supposed to handle this? Yeah, totally. This is too much. Yeah.
0: And then you go, no, no, no. Yeah. He handles it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He handles it. That's great, actually. I never thought of it that way, but it's true. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful.
0: Kylie, I hope this is the first of multiple times you're on That Sounds Fun. Oh, absolutely. welcome to the pod fam. We don't play the people. You aren't I ready. You aren't ready for these people. Love it. It's, they are. They're the kind the of people.
2: The people listening. Uh-huh. But, oh man, they're I the can't kindest wait. group of
0: friends you've ever signed up. Please for. Please embrace me. Oh, it's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Please ask, accept just me. Just ask Harry Connick Jr. What has happened to his life since he's. I mean, our people. Did you adore just say him. Harry Connick no, Jr.? Oh, no, he
2: was on a couple weeks uh, ago. He's the best.
0: Love me some Harry Connick Jr. We adore him. Yeah, um, he's awesome. So the last question we always ask, and then I'm gonna ask you to do one more thing. The last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you.
2: For fun, we go to the beach and we get sunburned. And we <laughs> we get <laughs> alligators <are> <laughs> out of the ocean.
0: <gasps> what? Yes.
2: Why? Because we went to Alabama shores <laughs> and there was a Alligator in the ocean, and y'all just grabbed him. We watched some some uh, rednecks do it. Okay, good. I was about that to be
0: like, Mason just he can't. He's a manly man, but that yeah. is like grabbing an alligator yeah. out the ocean feels totally. next level. Oh yeah, next
2: level. We go to the beach. We uh we sing, we dance. Yeah, that's pretty lame answer. Yeah. Now- uh, no, I don't thought, judge your I fun. I thought you were like... Don't like, judge your fun. Yeah, okay.
0: If it's fun to you, it's it fun. It is, yes, yeah. Yes, As I a family, as hey, long
2: as we're together, that. we like to go to drive-in movies. Ever since mm-hmm. COVID, there's a drive-in movie kind of past Mount Juliet. Yeah. We love doing that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I haven't been to a drive-in movie in Because they don't
2: exist, but right. as,
0: since COVID, they've been popping up all over the U.S. Okay, I'm very yeah. interested. It's so dope. Thank you for telling your story today. Absolutely. It is so... Uh, it is going to give so many of us language and tools as counseling talks about gives us language and tools for how to do this weekend with purpose and do it well
2: i'm gonna leave here and be like man i wish i said that or i wish (laughs) i said that but i sure hope that especially the part where you're like when somebody gets a diagnosis i just that kind of got me that kind of stunned me because you
0: saying that's really hard may be exactly what she wants to hear yeah so you can trust the holy spirit in you being exactly who we need today Mm -hmm. because you are exactly what we needed today.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. You guys, I could not be more amazed by Kylie, by her story, by her family, by the way she runs towards God. We saw that in her story and in Jada's story. And my hope and my prayer for you as you experience these two women's stories today and knowing your own that this conversation will add some deep purpose to this weekend. The thing we have been praying and the thing we hope is that while this may not be your easiest Mother's Day, or may not be your happiest, or maybe it is, but either way, this will feel like a very purposeful Mother's Day, no matter whether you have birth children, adopted children, lost children, or have not had children yet. Wherever you are, if you are mothering in the home or out of the home, if you are mothering offline or online. Wherever you are a mother, we are thankful and we hope this brings you a lot of purpose today. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs TSF on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. And we wish you a very happy Mother's Day. Before we go, I asked Kylie if she would end us in the only way that felt right and true and good to today's show. So here is Kylie singing His Eyes Are on the sparrow."
3: Why should I fear? Discouraged Why do the shadows come? Why does my heart feel lonely And long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion A constant friend is he His eyes on the sparrow And I know he watches me I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eyes on the sparrow. And I know he watches over me. His eyes. Is on the sparrow. Oh, and I know he watches over me.